Welcome to Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis, the podcast for creativity and other phenomena. I'm Hope Lafferty. How you doing? <laughs> let's let's dive in. Let's dive right in today. Right into the creativity. I bring you the wrong way. Don't take this the wrong way, but is your hair supposed to look like that? I mean, all shorty short on one side, all feathered and long on the other. And what's with the red streaks? Don't take this the wrong way, but are you sure you're okay to drive? I mean, we only had a case and there's only three beers left. Jesse left an hour ago and I only had three. I know you're not stumbling or slurring yet, and your eyes aren't slits, but come on, Joe, admit it. You haven't tried to stand up in the last hour and a half, and the meth you said you took this afternoon arguably has not worn off. Don't take this the wrong way, but why do you wear your slip under your gym uniform? It bunches up all around the waistband and makes you look puffy. And it gets all sweaty for the rest of the day after gym, which kind of defeats the purpose of changing clothes in the first place. Don't take this the wrong way, but we'd like to keep you here overnight for observation. Now, before you say anything, it's just a precaution, just to make sure you're cool and your gallbladder's cool and that gash on your arm heals without infection. And okay, so please don't take this the wrong way now, but we just want to make sure that the restraining order is signed by the judge before we release you. I know, you're not afraid, you've been through worse and all that, but we just believe that for both medical reasons and for your safety, we want to keep you here overnight. Really, it's the best thing for you. Nurse, could we get a fresh IV here? It looks like she broke the tip again. Thank you. Don't take this the wrong way, but that car just isn't worth 300 bucks to me. The underside's got some rust, it's 12 years old, and it's got over 200,000 miles on it. I'm back at that place in my life where my car is my longest relationship. Don't take this the wrong way, but I kind of want to leave it at that. Welcome to This Week in Existence. Since I've opened the Pandora's box about musing during the time of COVID, I want to touch today on grief. Many of us are in the throes of grief because of this pandemic, and arguably those that are not in the ostensible throes of grief 
are in fact in the throes of grief if we look at grief in the stages identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the first stage of which is denial. So, to everyone frustrated with everyone else that doesn't get it, trust that we are all grieving. We are all just at different stages. But, folks, I'm not interested in discussing the grief surrounding this pandemic. I only mention it because it's a shared experience, even though we're still figuring it out. What a week in existence, eh? What a, what a time of existence. My hope is that uh, you are listening to this far in the future, where the COVID-19 2020-2021 epidemic, pandemic, excuse me, is a distant memory, just like I almost forgot. <laughs> How about that? Okay, no, but using Kubler-Ross's model of grief, the five stages being denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, play the home game and place yourself on the continuum. If you're like me, it's a minute-to-minute thrill ride. <clears throat> but extrapolating the Kubler-Ross model from her 1969 breakthrough on death and dying, I have come up with my own paradigm. Let's call it on divorce and living. Living to tell about it. My model, the Hope Lafferty model to make it official, too, has five stages. And the difference here is not the psychology, but the physicality that I've been going through in this process. In this grieving process, this process of grief. Now, some of you might remember from an episode or so ago uh, that I am, my love language is physical, so that might have something to do with this, um, grieving a divorce, which would be love, right? Or the marriage, arguably, would be the love space. And so maybe that's why it comes across through my body. But first things first, I am issuing a trigger warning. And I use that term lightly, although I shouldn't use that term lightly. But if you are easily grossed out, here's your warning. If you do not like hearing about bodily fluids or bodily solids, this might not be the podcast episode for you. Keep that in mind as you listen. It won't be for long and it won't be excruciating. It will just be more of a mention and your imagination can take it from there. But isn't that the definition of post-traumatic stress? Uh, so, well, consider yourself warned. And to paraphrase Steve Martin, psychology is not pretty. If you're new to this podcast, you might not know that I recently got divorced. I divorced in place because that is what we do now. Whenever you're listening to this episode, I can't say if that is still ongoing, but that's how it went when I was living in Texas. Now, the way it works in Texas, so I have learned to get divorced. And for those of you that have been keeping score, this is divorce number two for Hope Lafferty. Little Roman Catholic First Communion confirmed, filled with the Holy Spirit, Hope Lafferty. Excommunicated after losing interest decades ago, Hope Lafferty. Lots of scores to keep here, folks. My first divorce was 25 years ago. I joke that I get married every 20 years and get divorced every 25. 
the math doesn't quite work out because my relationships last longer than that. I swirl in my own geophysical mathematical universe that happens when you're a juggler and you figure out that juggling occurs in base 12. Wow. Okay, so back to how one divorces in Texas. Basically, you file the paperwork. This is the legal way. And you'll have to forgive me. I am very clinical about this. But you file the paperwork and you have to wait 60 days until your hearing. That is pretty expedited. And I understand that Texas is one of the easier states to divorce in. This compared to Wisconsin, where I got divorced the last time, or the first time. Sorry, you know, chronology or language. There's limits. Uh, Saying that, um, those of you that know me might view this as a challenge or an invitation. Let's see how many states in central time that Hope can get divorced in. There are a lot of states in central time, but the math doesn't work out. I like to think of myself as relatively immortal. That's why I keep reinventing myself, but I could forgo that challenge. I want to turn down that invitation. Thank you. But in the spirit of divorcing in central time, what happened in Wisconsin is you have to wait six months for your hearing, not 60 days, six months. At least 25 years ago, that was true. 25 years ago. Wow. Grieving. Okay. I had already moved to Texas at that point. I mean, six months later, I had to drive back up to Wisconsin for the hearing. Now, if they had remote divorce hearings then, it could have saved me some time. Might not have saved the relationship, but, you know, you know, who knows? Uh, Okay. Grieving. However, every state has its waiting period. There's the state-defined one, the 60 days in Texas, for example. And then there's the local jurisdiction, which in my case, well, let's just say you can only get divorced one day a month in Presidio County, Texas. One day a month, you're thinking? To clarify, the county is so rural, we have one judge. And that judge is for the district, not just our county. So he does everything. Criminal, civil, immigration, since it's on the U.S.-Mexico border, everything. So one day per month was allotted to failed marriages, which, depending on one's schedule, might or might not be convenient in a particular month. In my case, I travel a lot, so the first available court date Allocated to failed marriages after the 60-day waiting period didn't work for me. Enter COVID-19. So now all court business occurs remotely. Divorcing via Zoom. Yes, folks, I got divorced via Zoom. I tend to be a professional person. And especially when I get divorced, uh, I have two under my belt, so I could even be considered a professional divorcee, right? And Zoom, like all video, tends to flatten the emotional expression. And I don't view divorce hearings as Custer's last stand. Hey, by the way, he done me wrong, which in fact, he done it. 
But a lot of folks in divorce hearings are, hey, I'm an emotional person and there's a lot being done wrong here. And I'm going to let you know, judge, as God I swore to tell the truth to is my witness that. Wow. We actually got complimented by my husband's attorney, my my ex-husband's attorney, my second husband's attorney. Semantics. Okay. That's how I want to start referring to him, my second husband. Um, But that's how I referred to him while we were married. There is so much existence to be confronted when you're dealing with the legal involvements and the language surrounding your primary relationships. And I'm straight. My ex-husband's attorney, uh, back to the original point, uh, complimented us about how professional we kept the decorum, how well we comported ourselves while we were in this Zoom meeting in a, oh, I don't know, courtroom, virtual though it may have been. We didn't lose it. Congratulations for us. One thing that came as a surprise, which we only learned when we were in the Zoom room, in the Zoom courtroom, is that the divorce hearing was simulcast on YouTube. Live feed on YouTube of our Zoom divorce hearing. They don't tell you that until the last minute, for all sorts of reasons. Of course, they encouraged us. Uh, No, they actually strictly warned us uh, to not tune in, to not text, to not tweet. I mean, we are in a courtroom. There it is. It is a public forum. At least in the state of Texas, divorces can be open to anyone to sit in on. And maybe there was somebody watching. It does make me curious to see this feed from the Presidio County District Court. But I'm not a voyeur. My mother raised me. Well, every every time we would drive by an accident on the highway, she would say, don't look, don't look, don't look. That's why I get mad at rubberneckers. My mother would say, that's somebody else's tragedy. Don't gawk. Don't be rude. That's a private event, even though it's happening in public. Looking doesn't help anybody. So, there might have been some people looking in on YouTube. We do have a lot of voyeuristic people these days. We can't hug each other, so what are we going to do, right? Well, and here I am presenting my dirty laundry. Not on YouTube. You missed that. That was live. But not anymore. Perhaps we can use some other independent media outlet that are corporately owned. But back to, back to grief. Um, back to grief. Have I ever left grief? Back to the five stages of divorce from On Divorce and Living, as recorded on Hope Lafferty's Existential Crisis. The first stage is before the divorce. Before you actually make the decision, and that is the alcoholic phase. That's the phase where you spend a lot of time trying to shut your brain down because of the energies and all of the imaginary scenarios, the imaginarios that you are playing out. And you're coming to grips with, am I unhappy? Yes, I'm unhappy. Am I unhappy? Yes, I'm unhappy. Yes, I'm unhappy? No, I'm not unhappy. If this is as good as it gets, what am I asking for? 
If this is a soulmate situation, have we resolved our issues from our past lives? It's a lot of yo-yo. It's the yo-yo. It's actually the yo-yo phase. The alcoholic phase is just a symptom within the yo-yo phase. Yo-yo, if we want to go into a multilingual interpretation, it is where you really are asserting the self. Spanish yo for I. Yo-yo. It's all about me. All right? You're not participating in the marriage anymore. Yo-yo. So that's phase number one. Phase number two is right after you utter the breakup words, right after you sing the breakup song, right after you make your declaration clear that you are not about it anymore. And fortunately for me, as I alluded to in another episode, we both weren't about it. We were both trying to be about it, and we could have made other choices, etc., and you don't need what you needed when you were 31, when you're 55, yeah, I've You've done the math. Okay, so the second phase, that really surprised me. It's the frog phase, where you have all this croup in your throat, or I had all this mucus and phlegm, and I just kept clearing my throat, and I couldn't. There was always something hanging back there. There was so much throat chakra stuff coming out. I was finally able to say what I needed to say, and I said it. And there was all this residual scar tissue or lymph or something. And it wasn't in my nose. It was all in my throat. All this reawakened energy, chakric energy. Suddenly, I'm ready to talk. Suddenly, I have found my voice. And my voice says no. From yo-yo to no-no. Or how do you want to spell no? No yo-yo to no K-N-O-W, no no? (laughs) Wow. Well, that's stage number two. Stage number three, and here's the trigger, folks, unless the phlegm got to you, but this is, (laughs) here's the trigger, uh, is the lower GI, the lower GI phase. The frog phase lasted about a month. And right after, I spent the next month on the toilet. Not diarrhea, but regular. Ample releasing. You know the word I want to use, but because this is a PG podcast, I won't. Those object relations and attachment theorists in the room are having a field day right now. You can think it aloud. Say it to yourselves. It has an A in it because it's now past tense. It's a little classier that way. (laughs) So for another month, I'm just releasing the hounds. Okay, okay, so this would be the hound phase. Okay, so we have the yo-yo phase to the frog phase to now the hound phase. For the euphemism that is so far afield, but it works. And that lasted another month. And this is where it starts to get a little murky. And there's the depressed phase, the reactive phase, the coming out phase. It's, it's a really complicated phase because I did so much in that time that wasn't related to, it didn't seem like it was related to my marriage or my divorce. I wrote and performed a show and I had sex with somebody else and that was validating. 
Lots of new stuff. But I think it's the possibility phase. That's the phase. Maybe, yeah, maybe something cool is going to be on the other side of this. You know, tempered with bouts of repairing to my bed in the middle of the day and not to meditate, but just simply just shut down. So there's depression right there. Um, Perhaps this might be, though, the hope phase. (laughs) I hesitate to call it that. After you clear the decks, you might have more room for, you know, now that I have all this room in my throat and all this room in my lower body for some new energy to, oh, ugh. Right, you, some of you saw that tangent coming. Ugh, ugh again. All right, but uh, if you ever get divorced or break up legally, because there's this legal part of it, it adds just that soupçon of flavor, right? You've built a family that is more than the sum of two parts, familial expectations with people that you're not married to, but you're married into, all of that comes into play. Explaining, explaining yourself, explain, explaining away, it's unreal. All right, so, but I think I'm still going through that stage, this stage, um, the hope phase. Um, I, I don't want to call it that because that feels too eponymous. We'll cogitate on that. And I think I'm at the tail end of that phase. Or maybe I'm in a new phase. But to keep the simplicity of the Kubler-Ross model, I want to have only five phases. With the last phase being acceptance or some word that conveys that, resolution. But honestly, this last phase for me is kind of going on right now. It's it's the herpes phase. Uh, no, no, okay. When I slept with somebody, I didn't catch herpes, but I got I've got a cold sore right now. And here's the thing. I have not had a cold sore since 2003. That's how significant they are when I get them. I remember my last one. I had a new job and it was big stuff and obviously I was stressed, but I also got a cold sore, let's be honest, about six months ago. And that was actually the first one that I got since 2003. When I was promoting Fringe Marfa and the Fringe Marfa Goodwill Tour in Austin, San Antonio area, I mean, I couldn't be going to more fancy areas with a cold sore on my face. It was very chagrinning. Because I had to promote this event and I've got this big little wart on my face. Kind of like, what kind of slipshot operation is this? Very spinal tap. So now, today, today, I'm trying to settle into my new life. Right now, it's a transitional space with my folks. And this morning, I awoke with consarnate. I'm getting another cold sore. Well, the good news is, is I've got my abreve with me, which they didn't sell in the county I got divorced in, so I'm able to nip this in the bud. But I think that is the next phase. The next way that we are, like this bookend phase. <laughs> That's what it's called. Okay, because I don't want to call it the herpes phase for obvious reasons, and we're all socially distancing with masks on our faces, so it couldn't be a better time to have a fever blister. So this is this is the bookend phase, because right before I uttered my truth during the yo-yo phase, the tail end of the yo-yo phase, I got a cold sore. That's all right. Here we are. So maybe I'm in my second yo-yo phase. Maybe it's just a yo phase. Hey, all right. That's it. I'm in the yo phase. So, to recap, you go from the yo-yo to the frog 
to the hound, to the bookends, and then back to the yo phase. So this could be the marker of finishing the cycle, marked by a cold sore. Folks, why? Why? Why is my body the barometer? My My body is the barometer. And it's raining today. So that barometric pressure is a dropping. Good grief, everybody. Good grief. Music for this podcast comes from Andy Schneider of Marfa, Texas. A nod and a wink to Marfa Theater Incubator and the production studios at the Little House here in central New York. Thanks for listening, folks. This week's closing mantra, what do you take the wrong way? What stage of grief are you currently in? Let's shoot for the hounds phase, because that's halfway through, right? Even if it's spending a lot of time in the bathroom. Well, finally, examine what for you is good grief. Tweet me at The Hope Crisis. And until next time, look after yourselves. <laughs>